I'm Dr. Alex Lloyd and welcome to the Spiritual Laws of Nature and today actually we're starting the top 10 spiritual laws of nature of all time and today is number one. Now these aren't in any certain order. I mean this isn't the number one most popular. These are the 10 most popular. Um, and any one of these I believe can change your life dramatically. And, and we've had stories of that for a number of years. Uh, I've been doing a podcast uh, call-in show, radio show. Um, it was live and you could listen to it on recording on a podcast. Uh, the last time we checked we'd have about 10,000 people listening to those recordings. It, of course that varies from week to week, month to month. Um, but all during the 15 years we're getting feedback from people. Ones they don't like, ones they do like. Uh, I did this and here's what happened in my life. And so uh, this is the first one that we're doing in the series, the top 10 spiritual laws. Okay, and today's number one. And I entitled it, uh, First Grade Career Day. So, unusual title. Let me kind of share where that, where that came from and what we're talking about today. Um, when I was finishing my uh, PhD in psychology, one of my specialties was uh, psychometrics, which is the construction and administration of tests. Okay? And so uh, I worked in uh, metro schools as part of my internship. Probably worked in 15, 20, 30, maybe even 40 different schools from kindergarten all the way up through uh, senior high school. And uh, saw some of the best teachers in the world and frankly a few of the worst teachers in the world. But it was a really great experience for me. And one of the things I enjoyed the most of that whole time was especially in first grade, they did it with other grades too, but especially with first grade was career day. And uh, I take notes all the time. In fact, it's a joke in our family uh, that, you know, uh, just about everywhere we've ever been, at the Grand Canyon, at the uh, Golden Gate Bridge, at uh, uh, the Statue of Liberty, at, you know, at all these places, there's a pretty good chance at some point I said, oh, excuse me, I got to write something down, okay? And it would be um, maybe the start of, of one of these spiritual laws. So uh, in, uh, in the first grade career day, I was always taking notes. And I, usually on little three by five cards. We've got three by five cards everywhere if you come to our house. But anyway, I would make sure to take two or three extra cards when I went to career day because I almost always learned something for me. I, I came out of there with some insight maybe that I didn't have before that uh, helped me in my life. So I look forward to career day. And um, one of the interesting things I learned, took away from doing that is that six-year-olds sometimes have a different set of values than 30-year-olds, 40-year-olds, 50-year-olds, 60-year-olds. I mean, yeah, they're, they're six. There's a lot of stuff they can't do as well, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about basic values, basic what is right and wrong, basic uh, what, what is meaningful and purposeful 
in life, okay? And um, there were many times that I would walk away from career day thinking the six-year-olds had it right and I had it wrong, at least the way I was currently living my life. Here's what I mean. Um, let's say a, uh, uh, an unbelievably rich guy comes into career day, you know, owns some big company, is worth billions of dollars and all that sort of stuff, you know. You look around at, at, at first grade career day and those six-year-olds don't seem very impressed with that. Some of them are yawning, they seem kind of bored, you know, uh, whatever, as the guy's talking about his company and all the different divisions and, you know, the lessons that he learned along the way becoming the great man that he, I mean, they were bored, all right? But the guys that came in or, and ladies that were like um, firemen or policemen or I remember one of the most popular ever was a guy who worked construction. He didn't own the instruction company. He just worked construction, but he, he built a little something right there in front of him, had volunteers to come and hammer nails, uh, showed him how to make concrete, you know, stuff like that. Fireman was a, a big hit, uh, told him all about fire, had his fire suit on, to, uh, brought a sample of the sliding pole that he could hold at the top and they could jump on and slide down like they do in the firehouse. I think one of them brought a dog one time, the fire dog. Um, country music. We're in Nashville, Tennessee. A couple times a country music person would come and they'd really like that. But not because they were rich and famous. Because typically they would take out the guitar, play a song, teach them a few lines to sing along. Uh, one of them even made up a song with the six-year-olds passed out little tambourines and tom-toms for them to be the brass and the drum section and when to do it, and then made up a song together and sang it. And it, it was just wonderful, okay? And um, it occurred to me, and I, I thought back to when I was like five, six, seven years old, and, and what was valuable and meaningful to me then. And it was people. It was my mom and dad, my brothers, my friends that I went and played with after school, uh, how I felt about myself as a person. It was about di the difference between right and wrong and choosing right. It was about truth. A lie was a big thing, man. You don't lie. Uh, it was about truth. It was about fairness. Okay, um, we'll split this. So, okay. Uh, right there looks about half to me. Is that, is that good? And then, you know, we get in an argument if it's not half. It's about fairness. It's about making a difference in people's lives. One guy came in and told how he helped uh, disabled people, and he would build the ramps that went into their house, and he would build little things to go on their wheelchairs that made it easier for them to get things and, and, and have a better life. Those were the things those six-year-olds liked and cared about and the things that were popular. It was not money. It was not fame, at least at that time. That was about 30 years ago. This may have changed some now. But 
It was those basic life values that tended to be popular at first grade career day. Courage, the fireman, the policeman, talent, you know, being able to do something, uh, play the guitar really great, way better than most other people. Th- those things were the things that were most meaningful and most popular. I think kids, to, to put it briefly, kids value value. Okay? Talk about being rich. That doesn't really have a lot of practical application to them. Okay? Uh, talk about having a candy bar and a Coke. Yeah, that, that probably does. Um, telling the truth. Being a good friend. Helping people when they need help. Uh, those kind of things are what's meaningful and popular, at least 30 years ago at career day, to a six-year-old. And I think as we get older, and here comes marriage, and here comes career, and here comes I can drive this kind of car, or I can drive this kind of car, I can live in this kind of a house, or I could maybe live in this kind of a house, and all these things of adulthood pain and pleasure start to change how we see the world. They start to change our basic values away from the values of sixth grade career day. Um, Jim Valvano was a uh, basketball coach at North Carolina State University. Won the national championship one year. uh, Pretty well known all over the world in the area of basketball. And he contracted cancer and died at a, a way too early age. And um, ESPN partnered with him to create the Valvano Foundation, I believe, for cancer, the ESPN Valvano Jimmy V Cancer Foundation. And shortly before he died, at the sort of the kickoff of that, he uh, got up on a stage and I, I guess spoke for the last time. Um, and uh, every year when it gets around to kind of the anniversary of his death, they, ESPN will replay that. And uh, I watched that again this year. I hadn't watched it in several years. And it was really, really wonderful. He, um, Jim Valvano said that... Um, he talked about a great day. He said, I don't have any time to waste anymore. I don't have much of it. So I don't have any time to waste. And he said, what's a great day? A great day to me is if you laugh a little bit, not at someone else's expense, but just, in, but just laugh. Something funny, something humorous. You uh uh, touches your heart, lightens your spirit, makes you laugh, full, full, full laugh. <laughs> you know, not just a little squeak, chuckle, but a full laugh. Something that lightens you up to the point of laughter. Something that touches you to the point of tears. Talking with a friend, 
who's going through a hard time, uh, listening to an incredible piece of music, uh, reading something that is introspective and, and searches the heart, or being just introspective with yourself and, and thinking about who you are and, and things that maybe you need to make right in your life and people who loved you so much that helped you get to where you are, to be moved to tears every day. And then number three, to learn something. So every day, laugh a little, cry, be touched a little, and learn something. And he said, that's a great day. If you can do that today, if you can do that tomorrow, if you can do that every day, that's a great day. And you know, I would agree with him. And I think there's primarily three patches of quicksand that we tend to get stuck in that keeps us from living our first grade career day values and principles. What is true? What is done in love? What is courageous? What helps other people? Those kind of things. I think we get caught in three traps. The first one is unhealthy desires of the five senses. And this is the second category in the Healing Code and Trilogy system. But the first thing, unhealthy desires of the five senses. Um, Sexual things. Alcohol. Smoking. Drugs. um, uh, Six hours of television every night. Uh, whatever, whatever a person uses to get away from the pain a little bit or get a little bit of pleasure, but not doing it in balance, doing it as an escape. Okay? Um, I've, I, probably of, of the people that I've worked with over the last 30 years in, in counseling, therapy, and coaching, I would say easily over 90% of them were stuck in this issue. They had some addiction or habit that was holding them back from being the person that they really could be and wanted to be really long term. All right? So, do you have any issue here? Are you stuck in this trap or are you close to it? a habit or addiction of the five senses, which is which could be laying on the couch eating Twinkies all day. Okay, it could be food, it could be um, alcohol, it could be anything that feels good or that distracts you or lessens pain. Okay, so that's the first one. The second one is money and the stuff that money will buy. And sometimes money is used to buy the first trap, the drugs, the alcohol, the ice cream, whatever it is. But the second trap is money and what money will buy. Um, I remember very distinctly being a kid and not caring about money at all. Didn't care how much my dad made or didn't make. Didn't care if someone else's house was bigger or not. It was, it was who am I going to play with today? What are we going to do today? Um, yeah, I'd love a candy bar if I can have one, but, you know, not the end of the world if I don't. 
all right? But money was not a big deal to me. And, and as I've worked with kids, uh, for, I worked for 10 years in ministry, and I'm primarily with kids and their parents, which went all the way down to kindergarten level and preschool. Um, money's not a big deal to them, okay? Now, maybe that's changed 30 years uh, later. I hope it hadn't changed that much. So how do we, as we get to 12th grade, college, married life, career, switch from not caring about money to caring about money? Well, it's, it's a natural switch. You've got to start paying for things yourself, all right? The problem is I think most of us take it too far where it's not just about paying for what I have to pay for. It's about um, getting the big house that, let's be honest, we're probably not going to be any more happy in that house than we are in this house. And maybe also for uh, a status thing to be in that house versus this house. It means I'm a better person. I don't just have a bigger house. I'm a better person in the eyes of a lot of people. So, Number one, unhealthy desires of the five senses. Number two, unhealthy desires related to money and stuff that money will buy, which some people believe money will buy security. It won't. Anything can happen tomorrow. All right? And then number three, I call unhealthy prideful desires. Now, I don't mean the kind of proud... Um, uh, you know, when I was at, at, at in high school, our... Um, Mascot was the Mustang, the horse. So I'm not talking about we've got Mustang pride. No, no, no. no, That's fine, okay? That's just, you know, we're proud to be uh, at this school with these friends, you know, blah, blah, blah. All right? No, this is the kind of pride that uh, is what I call business deal love, instead of real love. I love you as long as it's getting me what I need and everything's working out based on what I want and don't want in my life. That's how I love you. But if you start to keep me from getting my needs or having painful things happen that I don't want to have happen, then my love for you may be off. So in other words, our relationship is all about me. My, our relationship is, is about getting me what I want and for you to think highly of me. All right? Rather than what? Rather than just the truth. Rather than just being who I am, warts and all, uh, and, and interacting with you in truth and love and letting the chips fall where they may. And I'm okay with wherever they fall. And, and sometimes there might be something painful. Hey, I'll deal with it in as positive, love-based way as I can. Okay? And I'll never do it right, but I'll get back up on the horse and try to do it again. So those are the three traps to me that we get in. Uh, desires of the five senses that get us into negative habits and addictions. Unhealthy desires related to money and what it'll buy, thinking that basically I can buy the life I want. The problem is what you really want most is not out here, it's in here. It's love, joy, and peace instead of unforgiveness, anger, anxiety, and depression. 
and you cannot buy that. Okay? So, putting your priority on money when it can't purchase what you need most may in the long term be a bad investment. Okay? And I'm not talking about being smart with money. I'm talking about money becoming your God, drink becoming your God, food becoming your God, where it's controlling you, not the other way around. Um, it's interesting to me that um, perception, so many times, our perception can be wrong. The latest research says that about 50% of what we believe happened in our life when we remember a memory. About 50% of that is in error. That 50% of what we think has happened in our life, it didn't happen that way. Now, the key part of that may be the perception of it, not the facts of it. We may remember the, the facts that happened, but our perception is because that happened, therefore, and the therefore is almost always in error. Okay? So be careful of your perception here of what you need to be okay. If what you need to be okay is for someone else to think well of you, then what you need most is to be okay with yourself, whether you know that or not. If what you think you need to be okay is the drunk to, a, a drink to numb yourself or food to give you pleasure or then you're ignoring an internal problem that is the real source and the only place you can truly get what you want. And I remember being six years old or around that age and, um, you know, if we were laughing and I was with mom and dad and I was good with both of them and I was with my brother and I was good with him and it was a nice day and we were having fun, I had this feeling inside that was just joy with no negative at all. I mean, no, nothing that is dampening the moment and the issue. Most of the adults I work with now, even when they have a good day, they're hearing in the back of their head the things that are still wrong. Okay, At six years old, I don't ever remember feeling that. It was 100% when it was right. Okay, I believe we can have that as adults. It's just that we've gotten our priorities out of line. We've stepped in these quicksand traps and we're stuck in lust of the five senses or we're stuck in money and what money will buy or we're stuck in how other people think about me and feel about me and that will determine how I feel about myself. Okay. So what's the solution? Well, I would recommend this week that you get out a piece of paper and um, put what you value most in life if this were the last day of your life or the last week of your life. All right? What do you value most? And if you can take yourself back to that six-year-old you, what did you value most in life? Second column. Is that what you're prioritizing and living? Or is it lust of the five senses, money, or how other people see me and manipulating everything to get what I want and not get what I don't want? Which place 
are you putting the priority? And then I would list the three traps. Lust, uh, unhealthy desires of the five senses. Do I have any of those? A, a negative habit. Doesn't mean it's wrong. Reading books can be a bad habit because you do it to excess. Anything that takes you out of balance can be bad. A baseball bat can be used to have a great time in the backyard with your son or to hit someone over the head and rob them. It's not so much what you do, it's why and how you do it. All right? So, when you drink, sexual issues for you, food issues for you, television issues for you, etc. Are they in balance or are they out of balance where you're trying to fill a hole or for something to distract you so that you couldn't hear, you, you can't hear the cries from inside in pain that need to be dealt with. Okay? So, so I would do all three of those and see, okay, do I have any issues here? Then I would give those three things to someone you love and care about that you know will be honest with you even if it hurts and ask them, do you see any of these in my life? If you do, um, there is a custom trilogy process for just these issues in the trilogy package. Okay? Works better on these things than anything I've ever seen. There's also one in the Healing Codes packages, but that's just a Healing Codes, and Trilogy's a little more powerful. So I would do that. I would uh, activate the vagus nerve. I would uh, turn everything into a prayer. Every time you have one of these quicksand thoughts, you know, uh, unhealthy desire of the five senses, turn it into a prayer. When you start thinking about money and it being your God and I'll be happy if I can just get enough money to buy these things or turn it into a prayer. When you start thinking about other people and what you can get from them instead of what you can do for them, turn it into a prayer. Okay? And um, memory engineering, another fabulous way. We're talking about memories here. So change those from negative to positive, which basically means changing the interpretation of the memory, not the facts. The facts stay the same. The interpretation is what changes. All right? Um, I believe if more of us started living our life according to the values of, sixth, of first grade career day, we would become healthier, happier, our families would be doing better, um, you name it. So, which one of the traps are you in? And will you start getting out this week? We believe we've got the tools to help you. And set that as your intention. Start praying about it. Um, I don't want to live by the five senses or money or what other people think about me anymore. I want to live by what is meaningful and purposeful and right. All right. Thanks so much. Have a great day and join us for number two Top 10 Spiritual Laws next time. Have a great day.